guests today, right? So it's Father's Day. We got a ton of men in the room. Like you're, you're meeting other people. You're hanging out. You're having a good time. You're going to get some gifts. And all these great things are going to take place. But here's my guess about people in the room uh, at every service today. My guess is most of the men in the room today are trying your absolute hardest to get it right. Is that fair? Like you're doing everything. You're trying as hard as you can. You may feel like some days that you're not doing very well at it. Some days you probably go to bed or wake up and you're like, man, I really am not doing well. Or some days, it, it, the reality is we wake up and we feel like we're crushing it. And so some men, some men are in here today and you are doing amazing. Like you woke up this morning and you were like, pat on the back first thing today. Well done. Because you got it. You're loving your wife well. You're leading your kids well. You're loving God well. You're doing everything well right now in this season. If they're you... I say, great, congratulations, like celebrate that. But there's also people in the room today that are going, I'm not, I'm not doing it so well. I'm struggling here, I'm struggling there. I'm not loving my wife like I should. I'm not leading my kids like I should. I'm probably not really spending time with the Father like I should. Like The reality is we all are in different places, but we're all probably trying to do our absolute best at this entire thing. And for you today, I want to tell all the men, and here's the truth. Today's message, anybody can grab anything from it. But I want to talk to men today because we may feel like we're trying our hardest and we're missing the mark. But the truth is, is God never asked us to hit the bullseye every time. He just asked us to throw the axis. He just asked us to wake up and just give it a shot today. Just do everything we can with him to get it as right as we can with grace and with mercy and to try all this out. And my goal today is I want to give you some bullseyes that I'm shooting for in my life through, 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 through the Bible that I found that me and a group of men. Today's message came from a life group that I'm doing uh, with men right now in this semester. And through conversation and, and discussion, we, we're looking at some bullseyes that we're trying to hit to go, what can I do to be a better, more biblical man in this world? And there's one thing that I need you to hear me whenever I say this in men probably more so than anybody struggle with this, and it's this thought, it's being a man, hear me, is not about what you do. It's just who you are. You become a man. You are born a male. You're born male or female. So if you're a man, you've been born a male, but you become a man. You become a man. Becoming a man is intentional. Becoming a man is strategic. Becoming a man is not about how much red meat you can eat. <laughs> it's not about just seeing if you can do the choo-choo train on the hibachi grill, the Blackstone, which I want to do one day. I'm going to get me a Blackstone just to do that. Becoming a man isn't about the beards you grow. Like, that's great, and I thank God it's not about that because I cannot grow a good one. Being a man is about how do you love and how do you lead and how do you hold the responsibility? And I'm not here today to say that any of you are doing it wrong because I don't think you are. And if you are, I don't know that you're doing it intentionally. I think most of us, if we're in this room today, the truth is we made an effort to be here today because we're trying to do it right. And because we're trying to get it right. And because we're trying to create relationships that help us get it right. And I just commend you because the fact that you're here today is a step forward in the right direction to be everything God created you to be. So I think you need to give yourself a hand just for being in the room on Father's Day today. 
That's a big deal. And one of the things that it's a bonus, I guess you could call it point number four to the message today since I got three. But a bonus is this, is that as we are become men, you've got to understand this. And it's this thought. I am strategically and intentionally created in a very specific way to be exactly who I am. And so are you. In fact, one of my favorite verses at this point in time in my life that I'm really, <clears throat> that I'm really like honing in on and, and focusing and meditating on a lot is this. It's Psalm chapter 139, verses 13 and 14. And it says, for you formed me my inward parts. You formed my inward parts. Here's what that means. Listen, your inward parts, your intestines, what you don't see, right? And if you do, go to the hospital, we don't see those, do we? We don't see our inward parts. We don't see our soul. We don't see our spirit. Like, I have a heart condition that I've had for 15 years. I don't see my heart. I feel it. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot in us that we don't see. But we trust that God created it correctly to begin with. He goes, the things you don't see, I created. I made. I, I, I made in you. And he says this, you, uh, for you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. Do you know how long it takes to weave something together? Neither do I. I've never woven anything in my life. You haven't. Probably. Well, maybe some of you have. But here's what I do know. It takes a long time. It takes a long time to weave something. Because when you weave something, you know every, every stitch, every move. Every, every part of that blanket or whatever you're stitching or weaving together, God's going, I wove you together. I took time to make you who you are. I know everything about you. Let's read verse 14. I will give thanks to you, God, for I am fearfully and I am wonderfully made, and wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very, very well. Can I set some people free in the room for a minute today? Here's a thought that came to me this week that, I think we all need to understand, and it's this, men, you do not have to grow up to be your dad. You do not have to be your father. Yeah, I understand some of you had great fathers growing up. I did too. My father is still very involved in my life. I texted my father this morning and told him everything that he has been in my life. In fact, we had all-star baseball all weekend long, and he was sitting in a chair beside me at the games. He was there. He was supporting. He's still involved in my life. My dad has taught me what it means to be a man. My dad has taught me what it means to persevere and to push through. And not everybody has that story, although my dad is an amazing man. And if you've been blessed enough to meet him, then your life is better because of it. But the truth of the matter is, I still don't have to be him. I get to be me. I get to be who I am. And maybe you were raised in a relationship where your father was toxic and maybe you don't have that relationship anymore and you're not there and it's a very detrimental situation and it's hard in your life. I need you to understand you still don't have to be him. You're free from that because the Bible teaches me in Genesis that I am made in the image and in the likeness of God. And it teaches me in Psalm chapter 139 that I am so intricately woven and so intricately and strategically put together that he made me in his image. Why? Because he loves me to be me. You don't have to be anybody else as great or as bad as they were. You don't have to be another person. Your quirks are okay. They're okay. You don't have to like what everybody else likes. You don't have to be about what everybody else is about. You don't have to do things everybody else's way. you got to find your way in this world and be you. 
you got to find it in the Bible and live that. And can I just tell you that like, as long as you're loving God and as long as you're doing it God's way, figure out the rest. You're okay. Are you with me? It's all about doing it God's way. Your quirks are okay. Your personality is okay. Your sense of humor is okay. Sometimes that needs to be reined in so that we're just not jerks. But it's okay for all of that. You don't have to be anybody but you. God made you to be you, and he's okay with you being you. And in fact, I'd say it like this. He wants you to be you. And God put something so amazing inside of you that he wants you to live that out. And what we do with what God put in us is not up to him. It's up to us. And so today, like, I've got this, this message of, like, three bullet points or bullseyes that I want to give us that give us something to throw at. Because I know in my life, I need something to aim at, right? I need something to throw an axe at. I need something to, hey, this is what I need to do. And this is what I need to think about. And this is where I need to go. And I want to give you those very quickly today. The first bullseye that I want to give you to shoot for is this one. Conquer, conquer your instincts. Conquer your instincts. It's found in 1 Timothy. It's found in verse, uh, our chapter 4, verses 14 and 15. Now, the 1 Timothy is a letter from Paul, the apostle, to his spiritual son, Timothy. And this is the first letter. That's why it's 1 Timothy. And he's writing him about these things, right? And he says this in verse 14. He says, Timothy, he doesn't say Timothy, but he's writing to Timothy. Timothy, do not neglect the spiritual gift within you. How does Paul know that there's something inside of Timothy that Paul can't see? Because Paul has a faith that God's put purpose and gift in every single person. And he spent time with Timothy enough to go, you got something special in you. And the worst thing you can do, dad, the worst thing you can do, man, even the worst thing you can do, mom, all of these. The worst thing you can do, hear me. The worst thing is neglect it. Is to go, no, nah, there's nothing in me. I, got, I, 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 can't, I can't be a public speaker, therefore I can't do much ministry. Ministry is done on a stage and in a building, which is a total lie. Psalms actually teaches us that we are all to carry the fire of God everywhere that we go. We're ministers of the gospel everywhere we go. You're a minister when you go to work. You're a minister at home. You're a minister to your kids. You're a minister to your wife. You're a way better pastor than I am because you're with them way longer than I am. The truth of the matter is, is that we are all pastors. We all have something in us. What's your spiritual gift? I can't answer that. It's up to you to get into God's word. It's up to you to get into God's presence. It's up to you to get into God's faith, face and figure out what is my gift, God. And the biggest thing Paul tells Timothy is don't you dare neglect that. Don't you dare walk around like you don't have a gift. In fact, he says it like this. Don't, do not neglect the spiritual gift within you which was bestowed on you through prophetic utterance with the laying on of hands by the presbytery of the church. Verse 15, watch this. This is so good. He goes, you have a gift. Don't neglect it. And here's how you don't neglect it. You take pains with these things. In fact, I would encourage you to underline or highlight those two words. Take pains. Take pains with these things. Be absorbed or encompassed or enveloped in them so that your progress will be evident by all. Why is take pains such an important thing? Because men, have you ever felt the pain of the weight that you carry? Come on, let's be real today. 
we carry a hard weight. Ladies, I'm going to say something, and I don't say this to diminish your role in any of this life. This has actually nothing to do with you. This has everything to do with men today in this statement, and it's this. We have a very heavy weight to carry. If you look at the role of men in the Bible, the role of men is to carry a weight that most other people aren't going to carry unless we do. And with the world the way it's been lately, it's been hard over the past several years for men to be men because when we live out what we think men are supposed to be, we're told that we're toxic and wrong. And so when we change that, we're told we're not good enough there and we lose sight here and, we, and, and, and with inflation, we got to make more money and with this, we got to do more of this and it takes more time, but we need more family time and we need this and we need that. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Don't leave me by myself today. And men, it's been, it's hard, man. It is tough to try to, did you know that psychological studies have shown that the clinical depression and clinical anxiety in men alone have skyrocketed in the last 24 months or two years? Skyrocketed. Because there's such an immense weight and pressure on us. But here's the beauty of it all. I just need you to hear me. God asked you to carry the weight, but he never asked you to carry it by yourself. In fact, he said this, I will never leave and I will never forsake. I had a friend of mine recently tell me this. He said, Sabbath is the ability for you to take the weight off and hand it to God for 24 hours. And that's what he's asking for. Stop carrying the weight. Let me do it. We don't have to carry the weight alone. We don't have to do it by ourselves, but our instincts will kick in. And what instincts are is it's that moment to where we have this psychological thing that kicks in called fight or, we all have it, right? Fight or flight. We all have this thing to where when pressure hits and difficulty hits, we'll do one or two things is what they say. You'll either fight your guts out or you will run as fast as you can. An instinct tells us which one we're supposed to do. And sometimes I think we fight for things that God really doesn't even care about sometimes. Come on. We'll fight about things that I, I'm just going to make a bold statement. I really don't think God cares. But then we'll fight or run from things that God really does care about. Well, God cares about every aspect of our life. I couldn't agree more. So quit fighting over dumb things on Facebook. And quit running from things that need a, a stance on. Come on, are you with me today? Instinct, I, I love what this one author, I can't remember his name and I apologize for that, but he, he has this one phrase that I love about instinct. He said, instinct is a way of perceiving who you are, the world you are in, and how you are supposed to act in the middle of it. If instinct is a way of perceiving who I am. Can I be transparent as your pastor today and tell you that that is really discouraging for me sometimes? Because we have good instincts and we have bad instincts, and sometimes I always go to the bad instinct. Sometimes, if I'm going to be honest, instead of trusting God to bring something about, I'm a man, I can fix this. So I think working harder is the way to go instead of trusting more. Come on, somebody. Y'all mighty quiet in this room today. Instinct, man. It, 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 it's the matter of when I hear something I don't like, it's fight time. Come on, let's go. Let's throw hands. We're going to do it. I'm going to clothesline you. Nikita Koloff, Russian sickle. Let's go, baby. Anybody remember Nikita Koloff? Anybody? All right, got like 10 of you. The rest of you are like, I don't know who that is. 
professional wrestling. Ha, ha, ha. Instinct tells us how we're supposed to act, but instinct is trained. Instinct is trained based on what we've told our brain to happen, and instinct happens without thought. Instinct is a thought that tells you, an emotion that tells your thoughts what to do in that moment, and you act on it. We have to conquer our instincts in a lot of this stuff. We have to learn that we got to get to a place to where, okay, if pain causes me fight or flight, and I need to fight instead of flight, but I'm ready to run, then I need to conquer that instinct and go, no, I'm going to stand right here, and I'm going to fight for my marriage, and I'm going to fight for my wife, and I'm going to fight for my kids, and I'm going to fight for my God, I'm going to fight for my church, I'm going to fight for division, I'm going to fight for my spirit, I'm going to fight for everything God's put in me. I will fight. I want to run, but I'm going to fight. And that's not just men, that's everybody, right? we got to conquer instincts, and we have to ask ourselves this question. Are my instincts taking me to a place of comfort? Why does that question matter? Nothing significant takes place inside of comfort. Most things that are going to be impactful and significant in your life are going to have to come outside of your comfort zone. That's why... And I put it this way at 8.30, and I actually liked it, and it's kind of intimidating. But the truth is, when you commit your life to God, you're committing, your life to a, uh, you're committing yourself to a life of uncomfortable nature, of discomfort at all times. Why? Well, that's not very, that doesn't sell me. That's not a good sales pitch. Good. I'm not here for sales pitches. I gave that up a long time ago. But we have a phrase that we believe the Bible backs up, and it's this. God loves you right where you are but way too much to leave you there. And if God loves me too much to leave me where I am, it's going to make me very uncomfortable to get me somewhere else. And i got to be okay being uncomfortable in order to get better. Because I can get better or I can get bitter, but I'll never get both. And i got to choose in that moment. i got to conquer those instincts. So i got to ask, are they taking me to a place of comfort or are they benefiting me? If it's comfort, I probably need to kick it. If it's benefiting me, I can continue moving on with it. So number one is conquer your instincts. Bullseye number two is self-reflection. It's found in the same story, 1 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to go verses, uh, six, verse 16 now. I love that it says this. It says, pay close attention to everyone around you. It's not what it says at all, right? Because you all see it on the screen. It doesn't say pay close attention to everybody else's social media. It doesn't say pay close attention to everybody else's climbing the corporate ladder. Everybody else's truck and everybody. No, it says pay close attention to who? Yourself. And to whose teaching? Your teaching. Isn't it interesting that Paul is telling him, hey, you got a gift in you. Don't neglect it. Build it. Take pain in it. Because there's pain in your purpose. And be okay with it. Conquer your instincts. Get through this thing. Make yourself better. Walk with God. Do what you need to do. And isn't it interesting that one of the things he tells him to do in order not to neglect this gift is to go into self-reflection and look at himself in the mirror. In other words, I want to go back to a message we preached about judgment on that's what he said. We need to trade in our magnifying glass for a mirror and go, God, what about me? He says, because watch this, he says, and persevere in these things. For as you do this, as you do what? As I persevere in what God is teaching me in this moment through self-reflection, as I push forward through the difficulty, you will ensure, not give the possibility of, but ensure both uh, salvation both for yourself and those who hear you. 
See, boys, boys think that their reactions only affect themselves. Come on. Men realize my reactions affect everybody around me. The way I react to my wife is not always great, but it doesn't just affect me and my wife, it affects my three kids too. And because my wife and I are called to be leaders, it can and will oftentimes often uh, also impact the people that we have relationship with. Are you with me? Men realize it ain't all about me. It doesn't only affect me. Men realize that there's more at stake than just a bad reaction. No, there's way more there. There's broken spirit. There's shattered dreams. There's examples that kids don't need. All those, there's generational curses that need to be broken. Like that, this is the heavy weight that we get to carry. And I love that he goes, you need self-reflection. It's a hard thing to do, y'all. And maybe you've done this way more often than I have or way more recently than I have, but one of the things that I try to do more now, and maybe you do it a lot, is I sit down and go, okay, Brandon, what about you is okay right now? And I put it like this, I need to find two things in my life in self-reflection. I need to find a bright spot. What are my bright spots? What am I doing well right now? What am I exceeding at? What am I succeeding at? What am I doing okay at? Like, what, what are the things that I set out to do? Like, right now, I'm conquering my, my um, rhythms and routines in my life. And what I'm doing good at is really following. Whenever I set a rhythm and a routine, I'll follow that rhythm and routine. I'm doing, I'm not always good at that. I'm in a season where I'm doing okay with that right now. And I, I'm okay with nobody, care, nobody, not everybody liking that. I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm good with that. So we got to find the bright spots. But here's the problem. Bright spots are where you're doing well. The success you have. Maybe it's in your business. Maybe you're climbing the corporate ladder. Maybe you're making more money than you've ever made. Maybe you're accomplishing professional dreams and goals and all that. And that stuff is amazing. That stuff is bright spots. That stuff needs to be celebrated. But watch this. With every bright spot comes the opportunity for more blind spots. And blind spots are the areas to where something creeps up on you, and before you know it, it's already hit you, and it's taken you down, and you're going to fall before you realize it. Blind spots can sometimes be spotted by you if you're really good at self-reflection, but blind spots require you to sit down with someone that's going to be honest with you, somebody that knows you, and somebody that loves you, and look at them and go, what am I not doing well right now? What do I need to do better? How do I do that? And that is where conquering your instincts come in too, right? Because if you're anything like me, I can get fired up sometimes. So if I hear something I don't like, it's fight, not flight. Right? Come on now. It's like, nah, you don't understand. Y'all probably have had this conversation. And it's not just males either. It's females too. You've probably had this conversation where somebody has given you a blind spot in your life and your natural re reaction is, well, let me tell you all that I've done today. I went to work all day. I got up at 5 a.m. and I went to work and I worked hard. And then I went to, I didn't even have time to eat lunch because I was working so hard. And then I got home and I had to take care of the kids and I had to cook dinner and I had to wash clothes and fold clothes. And then I had to make bed because you didn't make bed. And then I had to do this and then I had to do that. Come on now. Men, we come home, we're like, I've been working my tail off today. I just want to sit down and watch Sports Center. I had to walk out to the garden. I had to take care of them because you won't discipline them. So I got to be the bad guy all the time. And come on. This is real life today. Y'all are leaving me hanging so bad. But the, <laughs> the truth is, 
is that instead of that reaction, maybe we need to conquer our instincts and go, all right, God, where am I not being very patient? Where am I not being very loving? Where am I not being very kind? Where am I not being this? Where am I not being that? Hey, God, self-reflection, because as Paul is teaching Timothy, he says, listen, when you submit yourself and persevere in these things after the self-reflection and you're teaching and what you're teaching people with your words, St. Francis of Assisi has this phrase that I love. It's this quote, and he says this, preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. Actions speak louder than what are we teaching without saying anything? He says, pay attention to yourself. How are you living? How are you teaching? What are you saying? Because if you persevere in these things and you do it right and you hit the bullseye and you're shooting for this bullseye with God and you hit this thing and you do well, here's what happens. It not only ensures salvation in your life, it ensures salvation for those that you have a relationship with too. And then the third bullseye is this. Discipline yourself. Discipline yourself. Jocko Willink a very decorated Navy SEAL says it like this, discipline is freedom. Discipline is freedom. I actually love what he says there. He's not the Apostle Paul, but the Apostle Paul says something very similar. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 26 and 27, he says, Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim, and I box in such a way as not beating the air. In other words, I'm not running with no destination in sight. I'm not running in circles. I'm not run I don't think Paul would have liked treadmills very well. He goes, I'm running, but I'm running with a line ahead of me. I'm running for the scoreboard. I know what I'm running for. In fact, he goes, I'm not just boxing to punch the air. I'm boxing an enemy. I have a purpose in my fight. And if there's no purpose in my fight, you will not see me fight. Paul is giving these great thoughts to the word, I mean to the church in Corinth, and then he says in verse 27, but I discipline my body and I make it my slave so that, here's why I do that, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Discipline. Discipline is the ability to say no to what I want now. So I can say yes to what I want most. Discipline is the ability to tell my body what it will do instead of my body or my emotions telling me what I should do. Discipline, see feelings come in all the time. Feelings are great indicators. They can tell us something good is happening or something bad is happening. But feelings are terrible dictators. Because feelings cause us to rely and make decisions that are often mistakes. I feel like that woman over there is staring at me. I should probably go do something about that. And then you end up divorced. And you've cheated on your wife. I feel like I'm being neglected, so I deserve this. And now you're taking money from your business and you're going to be in jail. Extreme examples, sure, happen every day. See, the truth is, is we have to learn to conquer our instincts and have self-reflection so that we can get to this point to where we're disciplining ourselves. And we only get to those first two whenever we learn discipline. I believe 
I believe in Proverbs where it says in verse 29, in verse 18, uh, chapter 29 and verse 18, where it says, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. Here's what essentially the writer of that proverb is saying. If you have no vision for your life, you will do everything instead of doing something. And if you do everything, you'll never be great at anything. Have vision for your life. Men, I want you to just take this chance. Like, what is my vision for my kids? And not just what is your vision. What is God's vision for your family? What is God's vision for your life? What is God's vision for your wife? What is God's vision for your professional career? What is God's vision for you? And hold your vision so loosely that God can take anything and replace it, no matter when or what it is. Because he's the ultimate father anyway. And so, like, I know we carry this weight, and I know it's tough, and I know it's hard, and I know things are difficult. But what I want you to walk out of here today, I want you to be encouraged that you may not be doing it perfect. But if you're trying, if you're, if you're picking up the axes, and you're trying to hit the target, it, it doesn't matter. Watch this. I can still win and never hit the bullseye. But I did. I can still win. And sometimes I hit the bullseye. But you know what else happens? Sometimes I miss. Sometimes it hits, and it's like, oh, it's going to be good, and then it falls off. You ever felt like that? Oh, I'm taking this throw. Woo! Boom. Falls back on the ground. Can I tell you something? That's why Scripture says his mercies are new every single morning. Because the truth is, is God's not asking us to hit the bullseye. I'm going to break this thing eventually. He's not asking us to hit the bullseye every time. He's just saying, hey, will you just pick up the axe? On Monday, will you throw it? And hey, on Tuesday, will you throw it? And hey, on Wednesday, will you throw it? And hey, hey, how about this? How about this? On Thursday, will you throw it? Sometimes that happens. On Friday, will you throw it? On Saturday, will you throw it? On Sunday, will you throw the axe? See, God's not asking for perfection, guys. It's a lot of weight to carry. He's just asking for a relationship. Let him carry it with you. It's okay. We're going to get through this. We're going to make a difference. And I just believe, I believe most of the problems in the world today are from a lack of male leadership. And I think if we would step up and we would begin to lead and we begin to follow God and we begin to hit that target and we begin to trust him with everything we have, I just have this weird feeling that the world would change. I have this weird feeling that the next generation would be impacted. I just got this weird feeling that that's where things start. And so what I want to do today is I just want to pray for you. I want to pray with you. I just want to lean into God for a minute. And maybe you're in here today and you're like, the best thing that I need to do is just actually begin a relationship with God. I've never done that. And I, here's what I want you to know. That's okay. But what we want is for you to start a relationship with God that, that gives us eternity as a reality and gives us a life blessed by Him as a reality. So if you would, with every head bowed and every eye closed today, we're going to go out and we're going to get some root beer and we're going to high five and we're going to have fun and we're going to register for a grill and we're going to laugh a lot and go eat some wings or whatever you're going to do today. But beforehand, let's make sure our hearts are right.
Let's make sure we're in tune with the Father today. Men, women, doesn't matter. If you're in the room and you go, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need that forgiveness. You know, there's several, there's a lot of people that have done that at Radiate Church this year. I'd love for you to join that group. If that's you and you'd like to give your life to Jesus, would you just slip your hand up and let me pray for you real quick? Just go, I need forgiveness. I want to walk with him for eternity. Amen. What's going to happen is you're just going to get a clipboard. And that clipboard is just to get information so we can walk it out with you. We do not ask people to do life alone here at Radiate. If people at Radiate choose to do life alone, it's a choice. It's not because we haven't given opportunity. We want to walk this out with you. So here's what I'd love to do. Because we do life together, I, what we do here is anytime somebody wants to give their life to Jesus, we pray it as, as a body. We pray it as a family, all together. And so I'd love for you to pray this out loud because we have somebody in the room that wants to give their life to Jesus, and I want you to pray it out loud with me. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. Forgive me of my past, my present, and redeem my future. I give you all that I have and all that I will ever be. I won't be perfect, but I will be faithful. Teach me your ways and help me walk with you. Thank you for welcoming me, come on, into the family of God today. Father, right now I thank you for who you are and for loving us the way that you do. And God, on this Father's Day, we're celebrating men, but God, we're celebrating you as our Father. And we thank you that you've given us some bullseyes in the word to shoot for and to throw for and to go for. And God, help us do that faithfully. God, you don't ask us to get it perfect, but you do ask us to be faithful. And so, God, I love you. We love you. God, help us to worship you with more passion. Help us to dive into your word with more grace and more uh, uh, just wanting to learn. And, God, I thank you for the person that's given their life to Jesus today. Maybe there's more online. Maybe there's more in the room. But either way, I thank you for that. Thank you for, God, allowing them to fill out that card and take it by that tent so that we can walk this thing out with them. God, I love you. Help us enjoy life as we walk with you. In your name we pray.